Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, praise God. I am so glad that you are uh, here today. Here's my question, and really it's a question for everybody that's here, there at our Redbug Lake, at our Mission Street. Maybe, maybe you're joining us on a screen somewhere else. Here's my question for you. Um, have you come into this moment ready to get better, uh, for, better in your life, more close to Christ, like when, when we get done here, is it okay if we just make it our goal? Like, let's just, let's just be more in love with Jesus, more free from our presence. Can we do that in this service today? That we just all kind of gather with that mindset that we've come to get better and to see God do a work in our lives. And so I, I truly believe that. I just warn you right now, I feel like preaching today a little bit. And uh, so I am, I'm so glad. I know you're gonna be glad that you're here on Labor Day weekend. Some people having their worship service out on the beach this morning. But we got the real Christians up in the house. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure there are some real Christians out on the beach. Maybe not. I don't know. We can't be sure. First Peter. First Peter chapter 5. Let's go there. We should start reading the Bible. First Peter chapter five. If you have a copy of God's word, you can go there. It'll be on the screen behind me. Also, if you have our Faith Assembly app, uh, all the notes from the message are there. And also a spot where you can take some extra notes. Maybe you're just gonna take some notes on a, on a notepad there. But I do encourage you to take notes today. God's word's gonna be more than enough for whatever's going on in your life today. I truly believe that. First Peter chapter five, verses uh, five through 10. Let's read these verses. First uh, Peter 5, 5 through 10. In the same way, you who are younger, submit, to, submit yourselves to your elders. And then Peter says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. He says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now verse 10, kind of a key verse here. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, and I think a lot of us would say, yes, check that box, I have suffered a little while, but he says, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now here's what I feel like. I feel like there's a lot of us in this, uh, in this uh, service right now that would not describe ourselves with those adjectives. Strong, firm, and steadfast. And that's what I'm saying, that as a result of today, God's gonna restore us into our existence where we are strong, firm, and steadfast. That's the existence you were created to live in. I'm gonna preach today uh, this message entitled, Lighten Your Load. Lighten Your Load. Will you pray with me? 
Spirit of the living God, thank you that you are here moving in our midst. I thank you, God, for speaking to us. And I do pray that each and every one of us, no matter in what way we are involved in this moment of a message right now, that each and every one of us, Father, would be willing to see a move of God happen in us, that you would take us somewhere. God, that you would bring healing to our lives, that you would bring restoration to our lives, that you would make us strong and steadfast and firm because we've looked into your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Well, God bless you. As, we, um, as we've been uh, looking into this weekend of lighten your load, and with that commercial running uh, last week and then today, um, I couldn't help but think about when I was in college, and uh, I said this in first service, but I'm not sure how much this weighs. I do know it weighs more than you think it does, all right? Like this weighted vest is heavy. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe 30 pounds, 40 pounds, something like that. It's pretty heavy. Um, and so when I see one of these, I always remember back to when I was in college. I played basketball uh, at a small college, Central Bible College, and uh, sometimes at practice, we would do a portion of practice with weighted vests. So kind of like this, um, ours smelled worse than this one smells currently because uh, they were old and had been sweating a lot. But we would walk into practice and all the weighted vests would be laid out on the gym floor. And on those days, we would all be like, oh no, it's weighted vest day. And uh, so we would have to put the weighted vests on. Matter of fact, I'm gonna set this down because I'm already wearing myself out. I gotta preach today, so. Whew, all right, sorry, I pulled a muscle. Uh, we would carry, we would put those weighted vests on and we would have to do uh, like some workouts with it on. So let's say we would go and you'd have to jump and touch a certain spot on the wall like 100 times or something like that. We'd have to run around the gym with the weighted vest on. We'd have to do other agility um, training stuff with the weighted vest on. And uh, every time that we would do that, an overwhelming two things would occur to me every time. I mean, uh, it just was amazing to me back then. Now, when I look back on it, there's a third thing that occurs to me. The third thing that occurs to me is that uh, I don't need these anymore because the Lord has kind of put a natural weighted vest a little bit. <laughs> some, see, some of, you are, some of you are like identifying. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I got, I can, when I jump, it's harder to jump now with my natural weighted vest that the Lord has given me, amen. So that's, the, that's what occurs to me now. Uh, we don't need these things, because, all right. Uh, but back then, before I knew I was gonna have my natural weighted vest, back then, two overwhelming thoughts every time. The first overwhelming thought I would always have was this. I would always think, uh, I would get like maybe 10 minutes into the workout, and it would be amazing to me that I would be going with these extra 20, 30 pounds over my, over my back, over my shoulders, and there would be moments in that workout that I would forget that I have it on. It was amazing to me how quickly I got used to the extra weight. Blew me away. Because I, like, I would be going and then it, like, something would bounce up against me and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's right, I'm heavier. It was amazing to me. That was the first overwhelming thing that would just always come to my mind. It was always surprising how quickly I got used to it. The second thing that was always a part of those workouts that just was always amazing to me, the second one I'll tell you in a little bit. I don't want to tell you right now. I'll tell you what the second one was in a little bit. 
But on this, on this first thought of that, how used to it we get, here's what, I, here's what I mean by that. I think some of us have gotten more used to our extra weight than we realize. And now I'm not talking about the extra natural weighted vests anymore. I'm talking about the emotional weight that, that attaches itself to our life. I'm talking about the uh, spiritual weight that attaches itself to our, 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 our life. I'm talking about the mental extra weight that attaches itself to our lives. I think some of us are so weighed down and so heavy, but we just think that that's how life is supposed to be. And we've just gotten used to it. Matter of fact, I think, according, I'll pull this out of First Peter, you'll see it, but I think there's three main areas where that extra weight, where those extra burdens, I think there's three main areas that they come from. I think you'll, I think you'll agree with this when you hear them. I think they come, first of all, through our interaction that we have with others. That's one of the main ways that this extra weight comes. It comes as a result of interference that we find kind of in our own self. And we also get this extra weight from the interruption from our enemy, from our adversary. I think those are the three main areas that this extra weight heaviness that has come. Now here's my prayer, and I have been feeling like this for, for weeks, that today this was gonna happen, that some of us, we came in, we don't even realize the heaviness that we're on, that's on us, and we're gonna walk out feeling so much different because God's gonna bring restoration to your life just like Peter said. Let's look at that first one, that interaction with others. It's almost like Peter is like, warning us of this uh, potential that through our interaction with one another, we could start to carry around some extra weight. He's like preparing us, he's, he's warning us. It's like he's giving us a secret strategy of how to handle our interactions with one another. Because what happens is when we come into contact with one another, because none of us are perfect, so when we come into contact with one another, so often there's some residue that's kind of left on us from our interaction with one another. I mean, I was thinking about like like this because the golf tournament is coming up here in a, a week or so, and um, I was playing golf about a year ago with one of my sons, and uh, I I hit a ball off into the woods a little bit, like. I hit a ball, it was supposed to go straight, it kind of went off into the woods. I don't do that very often. It only happens like once or twice per hole or something like that, so very rare. But this time it did, and so I was crawling in, I was looking for my golf ball, and I, and I found it, and uh, just came back out, and took the penalty stroke, did that, all right. I came back out. Um, when I came out, I kind of turned sideways a little bit, and I felt this like little thing like stick me. And I was like, what is that? And uh, I started looking at my shirt, and I had come into contact with this, like, this bush or this tree. You, you remember those? You know what those, like, that's called the satanic plant is what that's called. That's the official name for it. No, I don't know what it's called. But I know this. You can come up against it, and you go away, and you will forever be changed. So I had... I mean, hundreds of these things all over my shirt. I had them inside my shirt. I spent the next 45 minutes just pulling these things off me. I think I was done. There'd be five more somewhere else that I had no idea. They were on my back. I mean, they were everywhere. And so just brushing up against this, this tree had left such a residue, not to mention that what it left behind hurt and the same thing happens to us. We have interactions with people. 
And they don't always meet our expectations. Why? Because they're imperfect, just like you are. And so we have these interactions with people and we go away from them and without sometimes even realizing it, we go away and we're carrying the weight of bitterness. We have interactions with people and we go away without even realizing it, we're carrying the weight of unforgiveness. We have an interaction with people and somebody looks at me a certain way or says something that I don't think they should have said or they don't say something I think they should have said and we walk away with the weight of offense. And we hold that against them. We walk away with, with the, 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 the sticker of hurt and resentment in our life and sometimes we don't even realize it. And here's the other thing that I have found in these interactions with people. That's what Peter was talking about. In, in, in verse uh, five and six, he says, all of you, this was kind of his secret strategy to, to guard against this. He says, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. In other words, extend them some grace and some mercy. Be humble. It's, make it not about you. Make it about them. In other words, somebody could be going through a tough season and maybe they're going through, a, maybe they're having the worst day of their life and they brush up against you, right? And one of those moments happens and you can either just assume the worst about them or you can choose to believe the best and go, well, maybe they're going through something, but I'm gonna clothe myself with humility so it's a little bit of a guard against these interactions with people because if you don't, if you make it about you, don't forget what else Peter said. He said, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourself. Make it not about you. And oftentimes it's the people that are closest to us that can hurt us the most. Isn't that the truth? I mean, think about the number of times there's domestic violence and horrible things that happen in a home. Uh, and, and the reason why it's, it, it can flare up so badly in a home is because those closest to us many times can hurt us the most. So sometimes it can even happen in church because we're close together and, and we come into church and we go, yeah, that's right, they should do better because they're Christians. And it's true, they should do better because they're Christians. But you know who else should do better because they're Christians? You. So even if somebody mistreats you, Peter's already told you what good Christians do. Good Christians just close themselves with humility. Good Christians say, you know what, I'm not gonna carry the resentment and the hurt and the pain and the anger. I like what C.S. Lewis said about forgiveness. C.S. Lewis said this about forgiveness. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Right. Isn't that the truth? Like we all think it's a good concept. Oh yeah, you should forgive. But then something happens to you, and you go, well, but you don't understand. I mean, my situation's so different. You don't understand what they, they don't deserve forgiveness. That's my situation, all right? It's different than yours. No, here's the problem. When we choose not to, uh, not to forgive, when we choose to hold on to resentment and bitterness, it weighs us down. So I could preach uh, for a few minutes on how they need to know that you have forgiven them, and that's true. But I'm not even talking about how it benefits that person. What I'm talking about is how it benefits you when you forgive. When you decide to let that stuff go, when you decide to put on humility, not make it about yourself, I'm talking about what it does in your life, the difference that it makes in your life because some of us have been heavy, we have been feeling the weight of life more than we should, and we've not even sat to consider that it could have something to do with the unforgiveness, with the resentment, with the, with the beef that I still have with somebody. 
Another person said it this way, that when I hold on to unforgiveness, when I refuse to forgive, it's like me drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. No, this will do nothing but make life heavier. And I believe with all my heart that somebody today is going to decide to let some of that go. Some of the weight that comes from interacting with imperfect people, you're going to choose to let that go, and you're going to walk out of here different. You're going to walk out of here lightened in your load. Uh, Second uh, part that we said that that, that this heaviness can come from, it can come from our interaction with, with others, but it also comes sometimes with the, from the interference from within. In other words, we can do it all kind of right in here. We can, this heaviness can come from within, interfering with what's going on on the inside of us. That's why in verse seven, Peter said it this way. He said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The term here that gets translated anxiety is a, a Greek word, and I love the, um, the official definition of that Greek word that gets translated fear in some versions of the Bible, anxiety in some, some versions. Um, and fear and anxiety are not exactly the same thing, but boy, they are close cousins. I can tell you that. Fear, anxiety, and worry manifestations of kind of a similar emotion that's going on inside of us. But that word that gets translated anxiety, here's the literal definition. It means to be pulled in two different directions, to be torn apart. This is what's happening when I hold on to my anxiety. I am literally being pulled in two different directions. I'm being pulled apart in my heart, in my mind. It pulls us in different directions. Now, here's the thing about this this feeling uh, that would get labeled as fear and anxiety. There is a good version of that. There is a healthy version of that. And so there is a, uh, a part, a, a, a moment of anxiety that's an alarm mechanism. It would alert us to potential danger. It might cause us to change from destructive behaviors to more constructive behaviors. Um, um, it might provoke us to change. However, here's the problem, is that same emotion, that healthy fear, that healthy anxiety, if you want to put it that way, can so quickly get out of control, can so quickly get um, off the rails. And now it's not helping us change in a positive way. Matter of fact, now it's keeping us from changing because it's so out of control. This is the anxiety that, that Peter's talking about here. And he says what we should do is we should cast that anxiety onto the Lord. When we hold on to that kind of inward turmoil, when we're constantly worrying, constantly stressed, constantly fearful of what's, co- what's going to come, it will affect, I mean, it'll start to affect even your physical life. A great percentage of illness comes in some way related to worry, anxiety, and stress. Worry has been linked to cancer, uh, lung ailments, uh, cirrhosis, gastrointestinal illness, suicide, accidents, all because we're so worried, so stressed out. As a matter of fact, uh, statistics say Three-fourths of all visits to primary care physicians are stress-related complaints or disorders. So this is heavy on us, these worries, this, 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 uh, these fears, this anxiety, and a lot of it comes down to, do you trust God or not? We are to trust God with our anxiety. We're supposed to cast our cares on him. The things we worry about, ultimately our fears of what may happen, we're gonna cast all of that on to him. Now, um, 
I mentioned golf a second ago, but I've seen people when they're playing golf uh, that sometimes somebody will hit a bad shot. And they'll hit a bad shot much less than what they were hoping for. And I've seen some people kind of lose it when they hit it. Maybe it's their seventh bad shot of the day. And I've seen some people, maybe you've seen this before, right? They'll swing, hit a really, really bad shot. Maybe the ball just dribbles away. And they'll take it and they'll just go, whoo, and they'll just throw the club. They'll just get it out of there. And sometimes, it's funny, sometimes the club will go further than the ball went on their swing. I've played with people where that's happened. And I have pointed it out to them in that moment. I have said, wow, the club went further than your ball did. That's awesome. Um, I'm not a club thrower. Um, I, now, I probably, I probably have back in my younger days, but I'm not a club thrower. But anybody that's played with me will tell you what happens when I hit a bad shot. Um, sometimes I'll hit a bad shot, and I'm just a club dropper. It just, it's instant. I don't even I'll think about it, but like I'll swing, and the moment I swing, I will be so disappointed in what this club has just tried to perform that I'm like, get it out. I just I let it go, and it just falls to the ground. So there are two pictures. There's some that would just drop the club, and there's others that would just go and throw it as far as they can. Now, of those two pictures, let me tell you which one Peter is talking about when he's talking about getting so fed up, so faith-filled, getting tired of your fear, not that you would just drop it next to you. No, he's saying get so full of fiery faith that you say, I'm tired of dealing with this fear and this worry. And he says, I would want you to take a couple steps and throw that junk as far as you can. That's what needs to happen. But we don't just throw it anywhere. We're told who to cast it to. As a matter of fact, that word cast is kind of like pass. It means like have a target who it's going to. And the Bible says we are to cast all of our anxiety on him. Why can we cast our anxiety on him? I need everybody to look at me. We cast our anxiety on him because he cares for you, like he cares for you. And somebody might be going, I don't know if I deserve that. It doesn't matter, he cares for you. That, that verb cares is a, there's a lot in it in the Greek. There's, it carries with this, this, this active participation, this active movement. It's not just care sometimes or used to care or gonna care or something like that. No, it's, it's a word that is he's saying he, he cares for you constantly. His care is ongoing. His care is unending. It's, it's present. It's active. It's this kind of care. And it's every minute of every day he cares for you. He cares about what you're going through. And that is what should ignite some trust in you. Right? That's what should make you go, okay, if that's true, if God exists and he truly does care about little old me, then I guess maybe I could try to let him worry about some of this stuff. I guess maybe I could try to let him think about some of this stuff, some of these fears. Do you know that the most common command in scripture is fear not? And when you're born, there's only two fears you're born with innately. The two fears you're born with innately is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That's why you'll see little, little tiny babies. Those are the two things that will startle them. All the other fears in your life have been learned. 
And here's what I'm telling you. If you learned how to fear, then with God's help, you can learn how not to fear, right? We're gonna say, no, I'm gonna cast all my cares, all my concerns, because if I don't, if I just decide to walk around with it, I'm gonna be walking way more heavy, even though you're used to it. Some of you are used to carrying around an extra 50 pounds of anxiety, an extra 50 pounds of worry, things that you can't change. You're worrying about things that you can't change anyway, and it just slows you down, weighs you down, makes every step more difficult than it's supposed to be simply because you've not cast that anxiety on him. That's where some of our heaviness comes from. Finally, some of our heaviness comes from our, our enemy, from the, from the interruption of our enemy in our life, our adversary in our life. That's why verses eight and nine, Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. And we're just kind of taking this right, right in the order that it comes Remember in verse 10, that's where Peter said, God's gonna restore you, make you strong, make you uh, sound again. Uh, that's what Peter says in verse 10. And this is just leading up to verse 10. So Peter starts to lay out, but here's kind of, here's where the heaviness comes from. Our interaction with people, our, our, our dealings with what's going on inside and this interruption of the adversary. That's why here he says, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. A lot of information about our enemy right there. Matter of fact, adversary or enemy, that word, it literally means an opponent in a court of justice. So this is the idea, it's like, it's like an accuser uh, in a court of law, which is what the word devil means. It means accuser or slanderer. The word Satan means opponent. So here we have this enemy, this adversary, this opponent that's just constantly accusing us, uh, constantly uh, coming against us. And so what that can look like is now I start, to, I start to carry with me like a lot of guilt. I start to carry with me a lot of shame. Some of you are, are, are carrying guilt and shame for things that God done forgive like a, a, a year ago. God, God forgave you two years ago and you are still carrying around the guilt and the shame. Why? Because the enemy has too strong of an influence in your life. And that accuser, and he, he gives us kind of what to do with that. But we're walking around with this, with this heaviness that comes from our adversary some of us are walking around with the heaviness that comes from, from sin and addiction and, and, and bondage, all because the enemy is, as he's portrayed in Peter, he's just waiting. He's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Just kind of off in the shadows, waiting for you to come through unprotected, waiting for you to come through... Um, me and my wife, we were on a walk a, a couple weeks ago. We usually take our dogs for a walk uh, at night. So we were, we were walking with our dogs. And we got about a block from our house. There's one house with the garage door open. And we saw some people in the garage. They're, they're in there often. And so uh, we didn't think much about it. And the guy, though, that was in the garage, once he saw us, he kind of freaked out a little bit. He said, oh, no. And he goes down and he starts to try to catch his dog. Because he realized that when his dog sees our dogs, his dogs are going to come, uh, at, come towards us. And he goes, oh, no. And he doesn't get a hold of his dog. And I see now, again, it's kind of dark through the shadows, but I see his dog coming towards me. And it was dark, but I could see enough to see what kind of breed of dog it was. And it was a pit bull coming for our two dogs. And so I freaked out a little bit. I was like, oh, no. Um, I was like trying to try to walk away real fast. Jamie was kind of like, oh, let the dogs meet each other. And so she... <laughs> 
I was like, what do you do? what'd you do that for? She goes, I didn't know what to do. <clears throat> Luckily, in that moment, she was right. And that little dog got out there. Well, he was a big dog, pit bull. But he got out there and his whole body was just wagging. He ends up rolling over. And he, he was. He was wanting to be friends. I was like, whew, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the reason why I, was so, why I was so relieved in that moment is because there have been plenty of stories. As a matter of fact, some just in the last month or two, people I know that were in situations just like that, but it ended very worse. Injury, hospital visits, stitches, the whole deal. Very similar situation. So that's why, that's why I was nervous. Now for ours, it, it ended fine. It was a little happy, waggy-tailed dog. Now here's the thing. When it comes to what Peter's talking about here, that there is an enemy who's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, some of y'all think it's gonna end up like my story ended up. You think, oh, it'll be fine. It's no big deal. No, I don't even know if I believe in the devil. Here's the thing. You may not believe in the devil. I have bad news. He believes in you. Some of you go, I don't even think there is a devil. A devil. I got bad news. He, there is a devil, and he knows there's a you as well. Like, this is not, the two mistakes Christians make is to either just kind of make light of it and make fun of this, or to completely ignore it. Just to kind of assume spiritually everything's going to be fine. Like sometimes in services, some of you will be carrying spiritual baggage. And at the end of a service, we'll say, hey, come and let's pray. Let's, let's go to war for this. And some of us will just stay in our seat and go, I'll just, I'll just walk out carrying this. Because it's probably not that big of a deal. Because we're carrying more than we realize that we're even carrying. This spiritual shame, this spiritual guilt, this spiritual bondage, this, these addictions. This stuff is real. And the enemy... The enemy is, he's got a will for your life. It's to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. Paul, Peter says it that way. That he's looking for somebody to devour. So what do we do? So we don't make light of it. We don't ignore it. Does that mean we get all fearful and scared and freak out? No, that's not what we do. Peter said what we do. He said, number one, we're, we're, we, we should be alert. Be alert. Like, be aware of what's going on around you. Keep your eyes open. Know that not everything that happens in your life is just chance. Sometimes there is an attack of the enemy on your life, and you need to treat it as such. Be alert to what's going on around you. It's a spiritual war you can't see. I get it. But it's real. Second thing Peter says to do is to resist. It means to withstand. It means to stand up. I like that word resist too because in the Greek it, it carries with it this idea of, of, uh, of defense but also victory. It's like a victorious defense. It's like I'm, I'm going to put up my guard but I'm also going to win. Like that's what this means to resist. All the more power we have when we come together and we resist together. He says to be alert, to resist, and then he says believe. Because we resist him standing firm where? In the faith. My, my, my spiritual life, strong. My prayer life, strong. Some of us go, well, I don't have time to pray. It's not that big of a deal if I pray or not. Well, if there's an enemy of my soul, then it is a big deal if I pray. It just, you, I'm, I'm just heavier than I need to be. Because I'm, I'm underestimating the power. I'm underestimating the weaponry of my enemy. So I said that there was two things that always occurred to me when I would do the weighted vest workout during basketball practice. The first was how quickly I became used to the extra weight. I think some of us are living that reality right now. Let me tell you the second thing that was always so striking to me 
on weighted vest workout days. It was this. It was the moment that we kind of got done with that portion of practice and we would say, okay, you could take them off. And we would peel that sweaty weighted vest off and I'll go like this. And the feeling, I mean, I felt so light. I felt so free. We would go back to practice. I would go back to doing things I had just done a moment ago, but now I could do them so much better. Like now I I was jumping before, but now mm, I could jump so much higher. I was running before, but now I can run so much faster. I feel so light. It's so effortless now. Before it was just all I could do to do any of these actions. And now it seems like it's, it seems like it doesn't take any energy at all to do what I'm called to do. That's the feeling that somebody's going to walk out of here today with. Because you finally decided you're not meant to carry all this extra weight. That's what Peter was talking about in verse 10. When he said, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, check, we have. God himself will restore you, make you strong, make you firm, make you steadfast. Can I say it in the words of Jesus? This is what Jesus said, and he says it to you right now. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says this, for my yoke is easy to bear, And the burden I give you is light. Matthew 11. That's what what Jesus says to you. Today is the day to lighten your load. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.